0: Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about affiliate marketing, how you can get results because it's hard to find right influencers. It's hard to create the right marketing message, to be creative, simple, and get sales. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Amber Spears. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, I'm glad that we've already hit it off with our mutual love of animals. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i'm looking forward to learn more about that i know how it's important and the last time i combined different marketing channels use multi-channel approach and yeah i love affiliate marketing amber before we start just tell more about your self-experience background about your business and how you can help your students customers with affiliate marketing
1: i have two companies both of them um one is a mastermind company uh serving seven eight nine figure entrepreneurs and uh, another is the affiliate marketing, education, um, and training company that I own with my business partner, Alona Rudnitsky. Um, I'm very fortunate because both of those companies are built on helping people increase their reach and their revenue. One, through relationships and two, you know, through working with affiliates, which I consider to be relationships as well. Um and I've been doing uh, online marketing for about 15 years. I started with SEO, ser- selling search engine optimization door-to-door to businesses that did not want to work with me. They wanted to work with Dex and Yellow Pages and thought that Google was something that you use to uh, write research papers. You know, We hadn't quite adopted using Google the way we do now, not even close, for Maps or for anything like that so i've been in the industry for a long time and i've had the great fortune of working with pretty much any type of uh, company or niche inside of affiliate marketing like you name it we've worked with every single type uh, health wellness supplements nutraceuticals uh, e-commerce we've done biz op we've done financial we've done web3 we've done crypto we've done uh, any type of, of offer any type of, of brand we've worked with. So it's been uh, a really big honor. And in the last couple of months, we've started focusing more on SaaS companies and as well as more e-commerce than direct, you know, just straight direct to consumer. So it's been, it's been interesting because the, you know, the industry is changing a lot, more people are wanting to do it. So it's becoming more and more competitive and uh, i think probably one of the things that are really important for anyone listening is kind of getting on the same page of what affiliate marketing is to me because it's different to every kind of company so i consider affiliate marketing to be the catch-all umbrella term of you know of the industry meaning you are working with other brands influencers creatives that know like and trust you and send you clients or customers and you pay them for that so Uh, That includes to me, influencers and creatives, you know, they, they are under that umbrella to me. Uh, I also consider it to be brand to brand. So like if you're promoting me, you know, with Unmiss and I'm promoting you with East Fifth, then it's the trust transfer of two brands. What I don't teach and I don't specialize in is what I consider to be ambassador marketing which is when, you know, you're an individual looking to work from home or add an additional income stream. And you are learning how to do things like paid Facebook ads, or, you know, creating a small Facebook group and then kind of leveraging that to buy traffic to existing brands like Lululemon. I don't specialize in that. I don't teach that. Um, I, I work with brands, influencers, and creatives uh, more on the B2B side. They may serve, you know, be, B2C. They might serve consumers through that business, but uh, that's basically what I have specialized in in my time and that's, you know, when I'm talking, that's what I'm going to be talking about.
0: Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Yeah, extended experience. And my first question about teaching. You mentioned a few times, you teach. Uh, It's interesting about that because, for example, uh, I usually don't teach, but I found uh, uh, if customers uh, have no knowledge about SEO, I usually say them, take my course, learn from the best experts, including Lily Ray, uh, Mike Phillips, uh, Jeff Coyle, Chelsea Alves, many other great experts, uh, because uh, I know if customers don't understand the basic, it's hard to get results. It's the same like uh, if someone want to build muscles, learn foreign language, uh any coach can help you if you don't want to do it you need to understand the basic then you can cooperate with uh, tutors who can lead you in the right direction and can you tell about your methods of teaching because according to a few studies uh, customers uh, students usually uh, consume or understand 40 percent of all sharing skills you know uh if we are talking about affiliate marketing seo it's a huge topic it's not simple to learn everything and i think that's okay if you start from generic strategies then you need to find yours uh, to adapt uh, to your preferences can you tell how to transfer this knowledge uh, from your teaching experience how to transfer knowledge uh, that uh, students or customers need to do uh, in simple way when they understand uh, the next step or checklist?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that I would take a step back from that. And um, for me, I think about the clients that we've worked with that have succeeded and the clients that have not. And the students that we teach that don't get it, you know, whether they don't understand the basic fundamentals or, you know, the more advanced strategies, what I find is it's people who are not committed enough. Meaning when somebody comes to me now to want to work with me and they're like, hey, Amber, I want to do affiliate marketing. Maybe we've had a ton of success, you know, on, you know, Amazon, or we've had a ton of success speaking from stages, or we've had a ton of success on Facebook, and we now want to do affiliate marketing you know, my first question is, is like, let's really talk about your bandwidth for this and your commitment. Because if you are throwing in one of your team members, who's also your head of marketing, and your influencer contact and your assistant, then you're going to get really terrible results. And so I think that's the first thing as a teacher is really understanding who it is that you're teaching, and how committed they are and what their bandwidth is to learning it. because. Like if you don't have that, if you don't have commitment, and you don't have bandwidth, or you have commitment but no bandwidth, then that's not going to work. It doesn't matter how good I'm teaching you or, or what. It doesn't matter what I'm saying or how I'm saying it or if I have pictures or workbooks or whatever. You're not going to do it, or you're not going to do it well, and you're going to get frustrated. And so you know, my answer always is, is once we figured out that there's a commitment and then there's bandwidth, then the next thing is, where are you in, in the learning curve? And have you tried this already? Tell me what happened so that we can figure out where the holes are. And I always look at it from, you know, basically three parts of an affiliate program. One is the structure of it. How is your program structured? Meaning, you know, what are you selling? How are you selling it? Is it through video sales letter? Is it through long form? Like, what, you know, what is the CPA on it? What is the commission? What affiliate tracking system are you on? What are your terms? You know, are you gonna claw back or not? Like the structure of it is one thing and the competitiveness of your program is another, right? So the next thing that I'm looking at is how competitive is your offer compared to other offers in the marketplace? If you're offering a $20 CPA on something and your competitor is offering an 80, well, there's a huge gap there. And what is the industry standard? How competitive is your program really? Because that's going to determine the scalability of it. So the, the next thing that I look at is people. So who is the person in charge of your program and in charge of scaling it? Do they have the training? Do they have the bandwidth? Do they have the capacity? Do they have the willingness to do it? So yeah. when I look at it from those three things, then things become really clear, right? They might have a willingness, but no structure and no assets and nothing. So you have to build from scratch, right? They might have, you know, the, the people, but they don't have anything else. And so that's really just for me, what I'm teaching and what I'm looking at is like looking at those things, you know, first, the commitment, the bandwidth, second, the structure, the competitiveness, and the people. And then third, that's when we can point them into, okay, you guys need to do our introductory programs. And once you're done with that, and we see that you've completed it, then you can go into our group coaching to give you additional support. And then if you really want to collapse time and kind of scale, then we'll go into consulting with our team. So, you know, I think that that's the thing, like when you're, if you're doing this, and you find that you're, you're struggling to get people to understand or to do stuff. Um, usually I think really having that candid conversation with them. Cause like, I don't, I don't need money. I have plenty of money. What I get up in the morning to do is to help companies grow their reach and their revenue with the relationships, to get people off of only growing their business through algorithms, because we know that algorithms don't care about you. Google's algorithm doesn't, YouTube's doesn't, Facebook doesn't, none of, no, none of these do. And if you depend entirely on algorithms at a certain point, you're going to get kicked off, deplatformed, you know, lose your rankings. It's going to happen because they change their algorithm regularly. And so what I'm trying to do is to empower business owners and to give them freedom by building a channel in their business that's a customer acquisition channel that does not rely on algorithms. And I think there's only another really way of doing that, which is like, you know, your customer list, like your existing customer list, your email list is something that, you know, you, you can take with you anywhere, right? So that and your affiliate program, that's it. Everything else. SEO, blog posts, you know, your Facebook ad, everything else is dependent on an algorithm or on other people. And so to me, that is a huge point of failure that if it happens, you're screwed. So I'd rather see people adding in an affiliate program that is predictable, that is consistent, that is scalable, but that that requires time, that requires commitment. And yes, it requires knowledge and understanding, but that really also can't come without experience. So... It's one thing to have a theory and it's another thing to actually go into the real world and do it and then you're going to start learning you know oh actually i thought it would be this way but it's actually this way and you know that's kind of that's what i've seen in my 10 years of teaching
0: nice love it so yeah yeah so interesting you know uh, you remind me my own failure now when <laughs> i once i open uh, a new project uh, because of chasing money I didn't know anything about this niche, uh, uh, but I found, uh, opportunity to satisfy all griefs to get customers to earn a lot of money. And I wasted resources for three years. I hired a big team, uh, invested a lot of money. And after f- three years, when I got it, that I hated Monday, loved Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I quit, I quit. I got it. No, I can't go ahead with this project so th- that's good experience uh then I decided I never uh open any project if I have no passion about that if I'm not yeah. interested about that I need to understand the niche to customers uh, yeah and you uh it's better if I recorded this podcast with you before uh, launching this project you know <laughs> <laughs> to understand that yeah but it took uh, some time to to get it. And you mentioned about satisfying algorithms and I found that many great influencers don't care about algorithms. As you mentioned, uh, Google changes uh, any other social media, YouTube, LinkedIn, and I often see it. uh, I think everyone knows that Google like changes 7,000 times a year. It's a lot and big influencers don't care about algorithms. They care about human being because mm-hmm. all algorithms created to satisfy human being so if you right. think how to satisfy a human then algorithms will work for you so yeah it's the biggest secret uh of course we need to consider some parameters algorithms but in the first stage human being and amber i'm interested about creating the right strategy can you share your methods how to create the right strategy because i see when companies uh analyze competitors and do the same you know Uh, but competitors have their strong sides for example if someone um, is good with YouTube uh, but if you don't like to film videos you can write you can find another format so can you tell your methods how to create the, the right strategy considering competition unique selling proposition and business preferences
1: yeah it's a great point I mean it's I can't give you like a a straight answer because I think it really depends on every business. And so before like example, you and I got on this call, I was talking to a company called Beekeepers Naturals, which is a company that uh, was a client first. And then I became an investor in their products. And I became an investor almost four years ago before they got into retail and they're in thousands of Walgreens and CVS and Whole Foods now. And they've grown. I mean, I think they've six x since i invested six years ago or four years ago which is amazing and it's an amazing company and they wanted to get on a call we haven't talked since last year um because they're no longer an active client but i am an investor and so they came to me and they were like here's all the things that we're doing we're considering reactivating you know our traditional affiliate marketing uh channel we've gone really deep with influencers and creators, but we're wanting to get back into, you know, email marketing and some of this other stuff, you know, and and possibly getting back on networks like ClickBank and kind of doing that. What do you think? And so after talking to them for, you know, 45 minutes, my answer is, I don't think that you should do that because you, one, you don't have the bandwidth, you don't have the commitment and two, you haven't gone deep enough in the channel yet with affiliates There's or with creators and influencers. There's still so many you don't work with and so many different niches and your entire team is set up for this type of video and this type of, you know, channel, right? It's a very specific type of channel working with creators and, you know, very different style of asset creation than you going on email. What do you need on email? A really great creative and usually to, a, you know, a VSL or a long form sales page, right? That's not what you're doing on social. You know, you're creating something beautiful, watchable, interesting, engaging, and then getting them to use like a coupon code or an influencer link, um, you know, or sending directly to the homepage or to the product page. You're not sending them, the creator is telling the story, right? The creator's telling it, and then it's going to a checkout page or something like that. So it's different. And so after having that conversation, I'm like, what's best for your business is not to add on this channel that you're probably going to dedicate nearly told me 5% of their time to. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to add that in for you. And so it's the same thing with every business that comes to me. It's like you just said it. If you're really good at YouTube, but you don't like video, then as much as I would like to say do YouTube because you're good at it, I would tell you to do something else because you don't like it. Yeah. And so if you don't like it, you're not going to keep doing it. And so I'd say, you know, looking at first, like, what are we good at naturally? You know, what team do I actually have? What, what resources, you know, what capabilities do I actually have? And have I gone deep enough in the thing that's been working? Or am I doing what most entrepreneurs do, myself included, which is a shiny object syndrome? I see somebody else doing something. I'm like, oh, we should add that in. But then when you start peeling back the layers, you're looking at it. And you're like, actually, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. Because I see a lot of my friends, for example, scaling on paid media. And my team will look and they're like, we want to do that. And I'm like, well, first of all, we don't have a phone floor. So I don't know if you know this, but they're in the red for like 90 days until they break break through because they have a phone floor. We don't have that. So we have similar products, but we don't actually have a very important thing, nor do we have an in-house media buyer. So if we want to do that, we have to be committed to doing this other thing, right, to make it work. And so I just think that most people, when you're comparing yourself, comparison is a thief of joy. And no business has its own cookie cutter. No business is cookie cutter. I don't care if you're drop shipping or not. You know, it doesn't matter. Every business is unique because every business owner, and it's a top-down energy, is different. And so by that definition, they're going to have that DNA inside of them. So I just think at the end of the day, it's just really taking stock. Again, going back to what is my bandwidth? What is my capability? You know, what's really going to work for my business? What has good margin? What is trending? You know, what what makes sense to do? Have we gone deep in the things that are working? Or are we just getting frustrated and we're wanting to do something else? Because that energy usually doesn't work. You're frustrated, you want to do something else just to do it because you're bored, you know, is usually not the right answer.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, You read my mind, you know, my thoughts, my experience, you know, by sharing (laughs) all these insights because, yeah, I often see when content creators give up because they chase trends, uh, best practices. Mm -hmm. For example, um, I remember when someone asked me, do we need to do TikTok because uh, short videos uh, win engagement? Yes, you can. Why not? But uh, how many videos you filmed before, how uh, much time you spent on TikTok consuming this video content. I remember Mr. Beast shared about his experience of learning YouTube. He didn't learn algorithms. He learned why people watch videos. He was Mm. obsessed about that. He spent 10 hours a day watching video and thinking how to create and film his videos. Now, today, everyone knows Mr. Beast. And... He spent like an year and a half to get first thousand subscribers,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: he didn't give up, he learned. Uh and uh, today I don't know how many he has, like it's like uh, insane. Like he's like yeah. number
1: one, I think, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's but I think that's
1: 20 million. Yeah. That's an interesting thing though, because I would say, you know, when you're talking about influencers and creatives, you know, creators, somebody like Mr. Beast did spend a lot of time learning the algorithm and if, if you if, i'm sure you watched his like documentary did you watch it it's really good it's on youtube um uh, I a few yeah okay yeah he did a documentary on his life and so it was fascinating and one of the things you do see in there he spent years right watching the algorithm what he does now is he still watches the algorithm tightly. And that's why his videos have all those cuts in it and the edits that they do because he realized that that was keeping them on longer and that feeds the algorithm. And then he started dubbing all of his stuff into different languages because he started realizing and looking at the algorithm that there's actually a lot of non-English speaking countries that are watching YouTube. So then he started editing and doing all that. Then he started using the voices of some of the most recognizable names and actors in those countries to dub over on his videos and like So he does, all the good ones actually do, at a certain point, look at the algorithms. I think what makes them different, the superstars, is that they do care more about the person at the other end, but they understand the power of the algorithm. And so they understand to reach those people You know they're going to have to play by some of the rules but they still have to stay true to the end instinct which is the end user and the message that they're getting and like how they're interacting with them and how authentic they are you know because at the end of the day you know ai is obviously something that everyone's talking about but i do think that the the human to human aspect is going to continue to become more of a luxury and the more vulnerability and humanity that you can show the more you're going to kind of stick out as the market gets more and more flooded because AI is making things easy for people, right? To post content, to edit content, to do all this stuff. So, who's going to win the race? I think at the end of the day is going to be people who both study and understand what they're doing on whatever platform and who keep the end user in mind and challenge themselves to push themselves outside of the boundaries of, you know, what's normal and also push themselves to share in a way that most people won't.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, Amber, you mentioned a few times creativity, stand out from the rest, uh, differentiate. I love these words. It's very important in marketing, you know, to mm-hmm. consider these words and let me share a story about Lloyd Richardson. He published a book, uh, 11 years ago. And he spent 14 years to write this book. 14 years of writing a single book. Then he published. And uh, he couldn't sell this book 11 years. So he used marketing, sales, but nothing helped to sell this book. Uh, Of course, he got a few sales, but random sales. Then his daughter posted content on TikTok uh, in account with zero followers. Uh, this video became viral.
1: Oh, plus I saw million. it. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: plus 50 million people watched this video. I check out this video because I'm curious how to uh, get 50 million views. And uh, uh, what I uh, saw, you know, it's like, it's simple video. Nothing special without great editing, but that was creative. As you mentioned, you need to be creative. Uh, that was creative and provokes curiosity to read this book. Today, this book is bestseller on Amazon. Just one single <laughs> video. Be- beats all sales marketing methods, generic methods. Uh, let's talk about creativity. Can you tell how to be creative, you know, in your marketing, uh, to stand out from the rest, differentiate your marketing methods uh, that you mentioned many times uh, on this podcast?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that was a really powerful story. it it was creative in how she did it, but the story is so powerful and i think us as as human beings that is how we've learned for thousands of years. that is still what captures our attention and so i think the story of it is so compelling and that's what you see winning time and time again is is people who have the best stories are going to win. and i think that's part of creativity. um and i think, you know, in thinking through creativity and how it works for me is I find it very difficult to be creative when I'm burnt out and I'm tired and I've been working many, many hours. And so for me to be creative, I need to take some time and to have some quiet time to really kind of think through things on structured time, whether I'm going for a walk or, I'm taking a day or two off and I'm getting off my phone because we're so addicted to dopamine. Like our brains are just so they're it's empty of dopamine. And so really needing to do a dopamine cleanse and unplugging and, you know, just really allowing things to come to you and like writing things down regularly as they're coming to you. Like I have a whole thing of Evernotes about just like random ideas I'd have for you know, ads or random ideas I have for emails and then picking that up later and looking at it when you've had some quiet and really looking at it. And I think I find myself getting frustrated sometimes when I have to be creative and I have to like bang out like a, a sales letter or a presentation and it's not working. And it's usually because I've been working way too much and I'm way too burnt out to be creative. and And so I think that's a really important thing is like, giving yourself space to do that because in the silence you're going to have things come to you and and also being you know whatever you believe religion or source i believe in god and source i believe god created the quantum field so to me they're two sides of the same coin and like really opening yourself up to that as woo as it sounds and being like you know if i believe that we're you know multi-dimensional beings in this physical body and so you know, having silence and asking, you know, God, Source, Energy, whoever, to also come in and to, you know, give you things that are going to help the end user, help the end person at the other end of the phone, or, you know, the other end of this this video. Yeah. I think is is really powerful, and that's like what's worked for me, and that's what I've seen work for some of the best creators that I've had the privilege of being around, whether they're writers or YouTubers, you know, or anything. And and being willing to be authentically them, like, you know, candidly for me, like when I first started in this industry, I looked very different. I hid that I was gay, I hid, you know, I looked very white, I hid that I was Mexican, like, it was already hard enough being a woman in the industry. I dressed, you know, I was wearing dresses, I hated them, I'm a tomboy. And the more that I, like, got successful, the less I started caring about what I looked like, what I look like, and the more I started being open. And then eventually I just hit a level of success where I was like, I don't care anymore, who knows. Um, it's so much heavier and harder to pretend to be somebody else and just started collapsing those things down. And it's been really amazing because I've had more clients, higher paying clients, better clients that come with experience, but also I think they're attracted to, you know, my unwillingness to bend the knee to conform to whatever society expects of me. And so Um, you know, that's another thing too, that I think people resonate with is like, you know what you're going to get when you come talk to me. Like I'm very consistent, you know, I'm honest, I have integrity, I don't bullshit. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to blow smoke. That's a part of my personality and who I am. So, um, you know, for everybody out there kind of thinking of creativity, I'd, I'd ask myself, like, when was the last time that I had a really inspirational idea? What was I doing? Was I walking? Was I showering? Was I exercising? You know what are ways that put me in that in that zone and how can i make time for that <clears throat> on a daily or a weekly basis to feed the muse to get those types of ideas
0: nice love it love it and uh, mm. i have the question about creating this environment you, you mentioned that uh, you need to i don't know <laughs> to uh, take away all distractions you know for example i have so many distractions i mean like email my phone mm my family members, you know, my team. Right. Uh, so, and if you uh, want to have this silent, share your methods, how to do it, how to hide from the rest of the world uh, and how to find this time. Uh, any tips about that?
1: Yeah, it's hard, man. It's really hard. I mean, it's so, It's. I think it's one of the cha- most challenging things to break the phone addiction. It's so hard because you use it for everything, right? You're using it to Uber. You're using it to order groceries. You're talking to your team on it. You're up, you know, you're updating ClickUp. Like it's everything, like it's everything. And so it becomes very challenging to do it. However, like I said, you know, it, it's such a dopamine hit when you're using it all the time and you start to deplete it. And so that's going to affect your your depression. It's going to affect your anxiety, you know? So it is important to, Decompress. So, for me, how I get my creativity is I do a lot of weird stuff cold plunging, sauna, exercising, because that helps me kind of stay. My body is often really, you know, anxious. Meditation every day to calm and clear my mind, even if it's 20 minutes a day, has been really helpful. Um, you know, going for a walk without my phone is really helpful. And then when I'm working, you know, it's turning off all the notifications, putting my phone in airplane mode, putting on a timer, doing Pomodoro technique, 25 minutes on, five minutes off, you know, and just knowing I don't have eight hours usually of good work in me. I've got like four or five, you know, so when I've hit that point, it's like, okay, I'm done. Like now I'm just like checking email just to check email. Um, And another thing that works for me because I have ADHD is like, when I'm working, I'll put my headphones on and I'll put on a song and I'll put it on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. So when I'm working, that like thing just helps me kind of think so I can think, you know, thoughts. And like, I do some deep, you know, two minutes of just deep breathing before I get on. And it like helps calm my body down. You have to, you have to civilize your body to get it to sit and to think. Um, And that's what's, you know, those are some things that have worked for me.
0: Nice, love it, love, love your tips. According to some studies, most people have mental issues. So yeah, try something else, (laughs) test it, what uh, actually will work for you. And uh, Amber, I have the question about uh, common mistakes in affiliate marketing. I see when, you know, for example, when uh, people uh, jump on this field without having uh, a loyal audience, without growing audience, they want to sell. No, just to sell, to earn money. Can you tell how to find the balance between uh, growing your audience and uh, starting this channel? I mean, like, if you sell without audience, uh, I'm not sure it's a good idea. So any tips about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know people doing nine figures a year and they have no audience. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it depends on your type of offer and what you're doing. So... Um, you know, one of our business partners, uh, he's, we call him the Midas touch because he, and this is not the stuff that we have going on in our business. We have different stuff going on, but he has had $400 million plus offers in the last three years. So four of his offers have done over a hundred million each. And, um, there's no face to that brand. There's nothing but a video sales letter and a paid actor. What it is, is the copies fire. And it converts really well and they work really hard on optimizing the offer increasing the average order value and increasing the lifetime customer value and they are relentless marketers like they will test every angle every hook optimizing every single bit of that funnel they're spending money to rent email lists like they are building that 100 million dollar business primarily on native ads facebook ads and email and and a lot of it with affiliates a lot of it with paid you know you know big paid media affiliates that will run their offer on their credit cards because it converts so well so i don't necessarily think that you need an audience i think you're going to need one more and more as the sentiment of the consumer changes i think the consumer wants to see somebody with a face that they can identify with and a brand not just an offer cuz all of the offers i just mentioned are just offers once they ran their course it's over there is no brand building here. It was like, we're building this offer. We're going to crush it on the networks. And then we're going to, and then it dies, it dies. We're not going to, this is not something that we're going to sell. It's not sellable, right? It's, it's not. And then we'll live off of the email list. So I don't necessarily think that you need that, but I see a lot of that. I'm in both worlds. I'm in the network world, you know, with people like ClickBank and Digistore and all these other guys. And I'm also in the world of thought leaders where you absolutely have to have an audience as you're growing you know, or else you're not going to have a business, really. Um, So I would say you don't have to. I think it's just really kind of thinking about what matters to you. What is the end goal? Is it selling your business? Um, You know, if you're selling your business, maybe being the face of your business isn't actually all that valuable, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you sell it, you're not going with it. So maybe you start that way. Like I saw my friend Organifi who had incredible success started with Drew Canoli as a face. And then as they grew, then he added in more, um, you know, more faces, right? A nutritionist of this, of that, of that. And then eventually the product just kind of stands on its own and the product's so good and people have enough brand recognition that they're just ordering it. So however you start doesn't mean that's how you finish, right? And so just, I think the best advice is I think is like, think of the end in mind. What do you want to do with this business? And then from there, you kind of reverse engineer, like, do you need an audience? You will build one as you sell. That will be your audience for some people. Other people, it's like, well, first I should build my YouTube channel. First, I should get 100,000 subscribers. But even then, you may not have people that actually want to buy what you have, especially if you're not building an audience on anything vulnerable or real. Like I you've seen so many of those fashion influencers that decide they're going to start their own clothing line and they don't sell anything because they haven't been doing anything but taking pretty pictures in Ibiza. And that's not what normal people do, right? Like so there's no like identifying, you're not sharing stories. You're sharing pretty pictures. And so you know I just think that for me over time I've seen that you can do anything. You just should Think about what the end result is and what you're actually doing and if you need an audience or not, or you can build it as you go.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna tell to Elon Musk, don't sell Tesla because you <laughs> face of this business. <laughs> totally, dude. Totally. <laughs> yeah. If he uh if he's going to sell Tesla, I don't know. Probably the I price. I don't will think be he dropped. Will
1: yeah i don't think he'll sell tesla i don't think he will i think he's got so much left there that he wants to do you know
0: but but you know it's interesting if he uh sells twitter i think the price will will go up
1: (laughs) totally he's cleaned up so many things i mean i do respect what he's done you know like Mm -hmm. i started i was a very staunch democrat um you know up until the pandemic and then when the pandemic happened i was like wait a minute neither party really cares about me um, that's that doesn't make sense, right? Like I've become much more of a libertarian. I think it's dangerous Um, that we have, you know, big tech platforms that have a ton of influence that are one-sided, one or the other. I don't care what side it is. Right wing, left wing, doesn't matter. I think both are dangerous ideologies on each side. I think most of us are actually very moderate. We want our children to be healthy and safe. You know, we want to we be secure. We want to be free from attacks, right? I think we're all like that. And then they, you know, the media pushes us from one side or another. So having something like Twitter I actually is really cool because it feels like, it seems like there is a, con- like a concentrated effort on making this a platform of free speech. And, you know, as an American, I'm really proud of, of free speech in our country and of our constitution. And I think, you know, you should be allowed to, to say what's on your mind, even if it offends me, I defend your right to do that you know and as long as you're not threatening to like murder my children and like making actual threat you know what i mean like then i'm like you can say stuff that i don't like that's your right and so i think it's cool that he's doing that on twitter and i think it's going to make it far more valuable because most people are tired of being pulled in one direction or the other
0: yeah yeah you know i'm from ukraine actually and it's interesting that uh, in ukraine people have democracy have freedom of speech but Mr. Putin decided to free Ukraine, from whom I don't know, you know, to send all his army of slaves, you know, to free. uh, When in Russia, you can't say anything against Russian propaganda. 15 Mm -hmm. years in prison, you can spend 15 years just to say anything. And uh, yeah, the last event when a small kid, uh, I don't remember exactly the age, like uh, 12 years uh, uh, ago, she uh posted uh no she didn't post it she uh, drew a picture uh about uh to ask for peace and yeah. uh, a teacher saw this picture uh called to police uh today his dad uh wow was leading to prison you know and this girl was separate from parents uh Terrible. because of because of this Small picture, no stupid, so stupid. It's
1: terrible. I understand why
0: Americans are proud because, you know, in the the US, you can say anything. It's your opinion. It's okay. Right. Love it. It's okay.
1: Freedom of religion and, you know, democracy. And, you know, we do have a problem with term limits and all sorts of stuff. I was a poli sci major, so I could talk about politics all day. Um, And I think what's happening in the Ukraine is absolutely terrible. Half of my team is from the ukraine and so it's mm, just been nice. really you know, my business partner's actually a russian ukrainian jewess so i've mm-hmm. been very fortunate to have her there in our business and then half of her family works with us and they're just some of the hardest working people that i've ever met you know i'm mexican and i look at eastern europeans as similar to, to hispanics because very far family oriented you know very family oriented and very hard working um, and just willing to do whatever it takes to provide for their families and to, you know, to grow. And so I, I just have a lot of affinity for for them because, you know, like I said, I interact with Ukrainians every single day on my team. And it's just what's happening over there is just heartbreaking. And I just I, it's still hard to believe that it's even still happening. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's been over a year now. And it's just like what's happening in the Ukraine and the devastation that's happening there is it's just Terrible, And I'm so sorry that I'm sure you have many family members and friends that, you know, you're worried about over there.
0: Uh, You know, I keep helping, donating uh, whatever I can. So, but uh, I can relate, you know, after a year, emotions, uh, I I get away emotions. uh, So we have no time to, you know, think only about that. uh, Because I found when you pay attention to your job, you can help and donate more. Because mm. if you can't control and manage situation, it's better to pay attention with something that uh, can uh, bring results. Then you no. can share these results with Ukrainian people. And yeah, in the end, Ukraine will win because of this support from the U.S., many other countries. And, you know, it's interesting. My uncle told about Mexicans. He told, wow, he didn't meet in his life anyone who can work hard like Mexicans. He, he told it's true. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. These people work like 10, uh, 10 hours a day, a lot. I, I know. Without They're the so backbone he-
1: of this country. I the ba- Like, I was just watching something. Uh, I'm here in Florida. I just moved from Florida, from Florida, from the West Coast. And mm-hmm. DeSantis just passed a bill basically saying that any undocumented immigrants caught working. I don't know if it passed the house yet. I haven't. It was just something I read this morning. Uh he'll charge them with a felony and deport them. And it's like, dude, who is going to build? We already have a labor shortage here. Who is going to build this country if not the Mexicans? Like that's who is cooking in the kitchens. That's who's hanging, you know, drywall. That's who's in the field, you know, picking our berries. Like I don't see white faces there. My whole roof's being replaced right now. I haven't seen a single white face. They're all Mexican, all speaking in mm-hmm. Spanish. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you when you try to remove this anti-immigrant thing is so insane. Especially because we're immigrants to this country. It's like what? Like you don't like immigration? Like we are all immigrants here, except for the yeah. Native Americans. They were here first. <laughs> like what? Yeah. You got kicked out. Our fanny father got kicked out of of Britain for being too prude and like like what like you know what i mean like it's crazy i don't understand it
0: yeah yeah okay let's leave it uh yeah we can discuss the whole day you know i could do it that. all day and, and it. so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and <laughs> but my final question about your experience i love to mm. ask this question uh Let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, completely from scratch. You are a student. Okay, we are students on this live, but uh, you are a student without experience. What will you do today to learn more about affiliate marketing? Mm.
1: Well, fortunately, there's so many free resources, you know? Like, you can go online and watch. It's such an amazing time to be alive. You can teach yourself anything from YouTube, right? Like, I would probably become like a drop shipping affiliate or I do, you know, I do something, I probably, I probably become an ambassador, or learn how to do a little paid media. Um, but I, you know, if I would say that at the core of my being, I'm not an affiliate marketer. I'm a sales strategist and I've done that my entire career. Like I'm not the person who's going to set up your landing page. I'm the person that when your landing page is ready, you come to me and figure out who you need to connect with to move products. Right. And how you're going to present your products, even if you don't have a big audience and, you know, how to add value to people that with more power and influence and an audience in you. Like, that's what I'm good at. I've always been good at that, always been good at getting the money. And so, you know, I sold door to door for many years. Like I would literally if I had no money, I would go back to selling whatever I felt would make me the most amount of money in a small amount of time that was a good product that would help people and work on all commission cuz that's what I'm that's what I'm good at and um that's what I've been good at my entire career and affiliate marketing is one type of sales right but i think like you know at the end of the day figuring out that's that's what separates the best affiliate marketers from the worst ones is they understand sales at the core right like it's not an accident or a fluke they understand first sales and second they understand people and so that's just a really powerful combination and i think anybody who's struggling with affiliate marketing coming back and looking at their program and being like, is this something that feels motivating and exciting to somebody that is promoting me on all commission? And usually if you look at it through that lens, you're going to be like, no, it's not. You know, I have to, I could pay faster. I could pay more. I could, you know, do this. I could do that. And that's a fundamental part of selling is looking at, you know, what you're weak at and how to motivate people to cross the finish line to do, you know, whether it's purchase your product or, you know, opt into an email. So that's, that's how I would start over. Selling probably something door to door.
0: (laughs) Love it, love it. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's good, you know, to start from sales because I I found marketers when they uh, tried sales, they are more effective in marketing because Mm. you need to understand how it works, why people buy. So that's why uh, many experts uh, share that marketers need to spend a month uh, for an year, you know like to to sell stuff you know to sell mm, yeah i agree amber yeah it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you you always share valuable insights i love it love it amber tell our Thanks, audience so, totally. the best way how to keep learning from you how to follow you how to reach out to you
1: yeah of course i mean if you um if you're wanting to like start working with affiliates or scale with affiliate partners then I'm always delighted to help anybody. You can email me, Amber at eastfifthavenue.com, east fully spelled out, 5th Avenue spelled out. Uh, reach out to me directly. I'm always happy to help and uh, always super grateful that people listen to me. If you want to, Kind of get a guide that we put together. It's a 19-page guide on you know everything from beginner strategies to advanced strategies. You can go to slash gift You can opt in for that. And then if you're a business owner that's wanting to be around seven, eight, nine-figure business owners in a peer setting, and you know I I don't just teach on affiliate marketing. We have some of the best people in the world, Perry Belcher, you know like. Rich Sheffrin, like J.J. Virgin, Ryan Daniel Moran, like you name it, we we have those people in our groups, and they're amazing. If you're looking for a group to learn with and to grow with, then uh, FourRoomsMastermind.com is uh, where you can come find me and uh, you know reach out to me and let me know that you want to come, and I'll hook you up with a discount. But you know that's that's who I serve is is business owners, you know who who have had success and are looking for something different like it's not just about making money it's about like making money together in a community because i really do believe like if you start and only want to make money without community then it the money is really meaningless you know and so that's that's my opinion that's what i've seen time and time again so if you're looking for a community like that you know hit me up and i'm happy to help
0: nice nice love it love it guys you can find the links uh to Amber Spears in the description below, listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. So valuable, love it. Welcome back anytime. You know, I love all your you. Insights. You, know you lead me to an emergency room to consume all this information, to understand <laughs> how I can change my strategy. I have my experience, but I love to learn from great experts, you know, to think how to make something different. And you mentioned about that. Okay, guys. Love you. See you.